Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. A word while he lay dying, written by Alt Cipher. The light her flared to life, and the flames just kissed the end of the cigar with a gentle hiss. Two puffs that drew the flames in deeper, and the lighter was snuffed out. The end of the cigar burned, a bright cherry red as smoke wafted upwards. So, the armored man said as he sat down on the upturned piece of rubble, You're probably pretty angry right now. That's okay, I would be too. He took another draw of the cigar and blew a column of white smoke up towards the hole in the remnants of the vaulted ceiling high overhead. First, my name is Gunnery Sergeant Blackman, the man said. He looked down at the prone form, struggling on the floor. I wouldn't go moving about a whole lot. There's a big-ass knife sticking out of the middle of your chest isn't doing you any favors. Hell, I can't even see the twitch in time with your heartbeats. Now, I'm no doctor, but I know that's bad. You knock that knife loose, it'll be dead in under a minute. Gunny took another draw of the cigar and looked around the destroyed throne room. Bodies lied motionless under the collapsed supports. Several more lay with multiple forty-five caliber holes through their bodies. Dust swirled through the air and caught random shafts of light through the damaged walls. You know, I heard the stat speech you gave a few months ago. Gunny looked back at the fallen being, the one where you said that the humans weren't a threat, that the gods had told you to cleanse the universe of the unbelievers. The speech where you said that we were, how did you put it? Oh yeah, humans were barely sapient and killing them is no more difficult than crushing a bug. That it was your sacred duty to purge the vermin and wash clean the filth in their own life's blood. Pretty damn poetic for a genocidal fricker like you. Gunny nodded and let the cigar smolder in his hand. Of course, he said, you didn't mention that some bugs bite back. We'd had our own problems in history with some of our people saying one group or another is subhuman, saying that we should wipe them out for the good of the species or the race. Truth be told, those assholes still pop up from time to time. We ignore them for the most part. I mean, some dumbass says such dumbass things. You can't really be surprised, right? Fish gotta swim, birds gotta fly, dumbasses gotta dumbass. Gunny inhaled a long drag from the cigar again, he said. But then you get some real piece of crap who actually gets people listening to him or her. That's when you can't just ignore them. You start out by telling everyone why that jerk is a jerk. If that ends it, so much the better. The alien on the floor struggled to speak. Now, now, Gunny said, you just lay there quietly. I'll be done soon. Had this one sack of crap start a war over his fricked up ideas a couple centuries back. Whole damn world got in on it to tell him that he needed to shut the frick up. Kind of like what we did here. 
You got your people fired up and started your holy war. Killed billions. Damn near wiped out the Galari and all but crippled the Westna. Burned four human colonies down to dirt. Anyone not from your species was clearly inferior and had to die. Right? The fallen being tried once more to talk. Froggy, Gunny said, I'm not going to tell you this again. If you don't shut the frick up, I'm going to cut your fingers off one by one. Then I might just make you eat them. The alien on the floor sagged back and watched Gunny quietly. Now, Gunny said, where was I? All right, so you started this war to cleanse the universe. Figured since you had the strongest military, that you'll just roll over everyone. That didn't happen, though, did it? See, uh, we have this idea on Earth called a force multiplier. The idea is that if you've got a hundred soldiers fighting ten soldiers, the hundred soldiers will win. Unless, unless uh, the ten soldiers have M4s and a hundred soldiers have whatever rocks and sticks that they can pick up off the ground. That's one kind of force multiplier. Technology or material if they're pretty evenly matched in tech, but the hundred soldiers haven't stepped for crap in three weeks, haven't eaten a decent meal in twice as long, and are conscripts, well, maybe the ten men still have a chance. There's another force multiplier. Borel. There are other force multipliers, like intel, or tactics, or training. Most force multipliers come from your own side. It's not like the enemy is going to make sure that you have the latest guns or a full belly, right? You gotta take care of your own people. You can get a few more environment, like weather or terrain, but it's mostly whatever your own side can do. But you... Man, you gave us a force multiplier for our side. Do you know how unbelievably stupid that was? I mean, you basically made it so each one of our soldiers was worth three to five of yours. See, a few of your boys were religious idiots, but not nearly as many as you thought. At best, we figured it was one in twenty. The rest of your boys were just doing their jobs, punching a clock, you might say. So you've got maybe five percent of your people buying into the whole aliens and trash. I'm a god emperor. Cleanse the universe of unbelievers bullshit. We, on the other hand, we had damn near a hundred percent of our guys believing you're an arsehole. That's a huge false multiplier right there. Belief in the cause, and you handed it to us on a platter. That was a serious break-up, Froggy. Gunny's cigar had all but gone out while he was talking. He pulled out the lighter and relit it after tapping off the ashes. Did you know... That we ordered to bring you in alive as possible. Gunny finished relighting the cigar and pocketed the lighter. How is that for a joke? He took a solid pull of the cigar now that it was going again. See, Gunny said, they wanted to be sure that you didn't become a martyr for your people. You had claimed godhood and waged a galactic war. Have your body turned up dead? Well, maybe that's all it takes to change that 5% of true believers into 50 or 100. To be honest, I see their point. I can see why Command wouldn't want you killed. Here's the thing, though. I've got my own point of view. That you're an unrepentant sack of crap who's freaking needs to die. Gunny pointed at the wounded being on the floor for two fingers where holding his cigar. The down leader's eyes went white with narrowed in anger. 
He managed to spit out a glob of bloody phlegm at the human. It landed short with a splat and the throne room stone walk. Yeah, Gunny said, chuckling. I'd be pretty pissed too. Not only are you gonna die, you're gonna be forgotten. I bet the dying part isn't the one that pisses you off the most. No, what really gets under your skin is being forgotten. Being nothing. That's what hurts the most, isn't it? To know the great void out there doesn't give a rat's rear about you. To know that in a hundred years most people won't remember your name. In a thousand years no one will remember your empire. Gunny took one last drag of the cigar and tossed it to the ground. He left it smoldering on the pile of debris where it landed. I'm gonna pull their knife out in just a minute. You'll bleed out and that's that. Then I'm gonna wrap your body up in my poncho and drag your ass back to the LZ. We'll toss you in with the rest of the bodies we'll be carrying back. One night, a week or so from now, I'll slip down to the ship's morgue and pop your body out with a cooler. I'll make sure to save your autopsy for last. No one will know the god emperor is iced down in the belly of my ship. I'll load you up into a cart and wheel your rear down to engineering. I'll open up the fuel insert line onto the reactor and chuck you in. You'll be fried instantly. A few dozen kilos of your mass will give the, just the very tiniest to push to my ship on the way home. Your atoms will be crapped out the rear of my ship and no one will ever know what happened to you. There won't be any monuments, no statues, no celebrations of your birthday. No grand funeral parade. You'll just disappear into the confusion of battle, and no one will ever find you. Gunny knelt down over the prone form and grasped the hilt of the knife and wedged into the 80-inch chest. This is going to hurt a lot. End of chapter. Story number two. Red on white, written by Grey Wolfen. Gring 4 had been struck by a massive earthquake, 9.2 on the Richter scale. The quake that the geologists said would not have occurred for at least 10,000 more years. A core world of the Kragon, a damage was incalculable, and the loss of life was staggering. Many races had offered condolences and several sent supply ships. Now to range control, this is Terran Conclave Ship Snellen, representing the rescue fleet Mercy, requesting sectors 45 through 90 to be cleared for transit of our fleet. Kring looked up at his co-worker. Who the heck are the Terran Conclave and why do they need so much space? I think those little death world barbarians, I remember we gave them some obsolete FTL drive a few hundred cycles ago. Maybe they need that much space to make sure they don't run into each other. It's a dead area anyway. As long as they stay out of the way, let them through. Hopefully they have something of use on at least one ship. Snellen, you are cleared for transit of your fleet. Thank you, Orbit. Fleet will be transit in three, two, one. Kring's monitors lit up and an entire sector was green. Nexus, reserve us. Did they collide? Mother above, those are all ships. Come on! Come on! The officer on duty shouted at Kring, demanding to know what the urgency was. Upon seeing the screen, he let out a small, involuntary squeak of terror. The conclave fleet outmassed and outnumbered the Kragon military by several orders of magnitude. 
resolving the image closer. Massive bulk callers were opening up. Smaller ships were disengaging or detaching from the parasite connections from enormous ships of unknown classification. Out of control, this is Admiral Graven of the Rescue Fleet Mercy and our Logistical Analysis AI. Please call him Logan. We are equipped with 5,000 field hospitals, 10,000 field medical bases, 10,000 mobile power stations, 100,000 heavy rescue equipment and trained personnel to run it all. We also have two fabricator ships standing by. Our hospital ships are also set at your disposal. Logan. As already scanned your infonet, we will be dirt side in two hours, in the most critical areas, with your permission, of course. I have to go up the chain of command, but I doubt there will be a problem. Thank you. Krang thought for a moment. It seemed that these death worlders were a bit more advanced than anyone knew. Excerpts from reports following the landing. Genex. I heard them first. Their ships don't sound like ours. They told us some aliens were coming to help. But Mother Above, no one told us what was coming. The lander came down and dropped a huge crate, took off, and another was landing. The crates popped open, and these uh, things came out huge, three times our size. Course, I found out later, they were only twice as big. The extra was the exosuit that they were wearing. They all piled out in minutes and were setting up structures. Then they uh, attacked that was the only word that fits the rubble. Piles, flinging it out into new piles, looking for anyone that survived. Helia, yeah. when they first showed up, I didn't even notice at first. The school had fallen, and we were all trying to find anyone alive inside. We had been working ourselves into exhaustion. It was barely on my feet. It had been three hours of unrelenting work. I heard someone shouting. I turned and saw them, bright yellow with that red and white symbol they all wore. Their translators were not working right, but as soon as they figured out that they were young in the rubble, they tore it apart. At first, they used the exosuits. Then, their hands. I collapsed from exhaustion. When I awoke, they had been at it for over eight hours. Non-stop, they stayed for almost twenty hours. Forty-five children were pulled out alive from that rubble. We could never have gotten to them in time. Photographer Herilia. I took an image apology. I never thought it would be an icon it is now. It was just one of many of the disaster. The image of a human out of the exosuit holding a youngling that did not survive in one hand. I did not know that the humans expressed grief or sadness by water from their eyes at that time. I took it because it showed the loss of life. Somehow, that image of the huge human beside its machines, gently brushing the fur of a youngling while water poured from its face, became an icon. The name of the photo comes from the human's words. He was apologizing for not saving her, although... She had died far before he was there. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below. 
for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.